Hi, and welcome to Ask Wardy. I'm Wardy, a wife and mom of three, lead teacher, blogger, and founder of traditionalcookingschool.com. I'm also the author of The Complete Idiot's Guide to Fermenting Foods. Ask Wardy is the weekly show devoted to answering your niggling questions about traditional cooking. Maybe it's your sourdough starter, your sauerkraut, preserving foods, broth, superfoods, or anything else to do with traditional cooking. You can catch Ask Wardy live each Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, that's 1 p.m. Eastern, or through the podcast and video replays at askwardy.tv. And now, let's get to today's show. We have a great topic today. Let me start out by today's episode by telling you a little bit about me. My name is Wardy, and I'm a wife and mom of three. We live in Southwest Oregon. I'm the author of The Complete Idiot's Guide to Fermenting Foods, and I'm the lead teacher and owner of traditionalcookingschool.com. My handle on social media is at tradcookschool. You can find us virtually um, everywhere, and especially right here on Ask Wardy, where we talk about traditional cooking, and I answer your questions every week. Uh, on Wednesdays, your questions about traditional cooking, whether it's sourdough or culturing dairy or soaking or sprouting or other fermentation or whatnot, we cover a lot of ground. So thank you so much for being here. Um, It's fantastic to gather with you live. Replays do go up at askboardy.tv within 24 hours, and there's a whole archive there of traditional cooking topics if you have time and want to check them out. I want to make sure before we jump in there that you know about my free gift for you. It's a free traditional cooking video series, so if you haven't already grabbed that, please do. The link for you is tradcookschool.com slash freevids. Feel free to take a screenshot of that. You can do that on your device by clicking the home on an iPhone by clicking the home button and the off button at the same time. Um, And now let's get going. So here's our question. It's from Nanette. Cassia, thank you so much. She's saying this and the podcast are highlights of your week. I really appreciate that. I love sharing new tips. I'm glad to hear it. So this is our question from Nanette. She's saying, my kefir looks, and actually she inserted the word moldy, but you can put whatever word you want there. Funny, weird, smells weird, smells, tastes weird. Can we eat it? Is, are my grains okay? So we're going to talk all about Nanette's question. Here's what she wrote. I went away on holiday and left my kefir grains in fresh organic raw milk in my fridge as I'd heard they will just go to sleep. But after I got back and placed them into new milk to make kefir again, by the way, you can say kefir, 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 it all works. Uh, this is what they looked like after 24 hours. And I'm going to show you pictures, okay? which is the same layer effect I found after taking them out of the fridge the night before I remade them. I'm concerned that the kefir is moldy. It doesn't smell off, but it does smell tart and soured. Are they safe to consume? I'm concerned about mold. Hugs and Happy New Year. Huge thanks in advance. You're welcome to use my query and photos on your blog, Nanette. Thank you so much, for Nanette. There's so much personality in your message, and I thank you for giving me permission to share because... In order to talk about it, that's important. So Nanette sent in three pictures. Note, uh, you guys feel free to do that. If you're submitting a question for Ask Wardy, send some pictures, uh, because then we can really talk about it. So um, here's what she did. She put her kefir grains in the fridge uh, for a week because she was going on holiday. You can do that just by putting them in milk. The the activity will slow down because of the cooler temperature, but they do continue to stay alive and consume the milk sugar. That's their food source. So then she brought it out of the fridge and she said there was a layered effect. I'll show you a picture. 
she put the grains in new milk and it did the same thing. It created this weird layered effect that presumably she hadn't seen before. So here's her batch, first batch after them having a break. Not a lot of detail there, but you can see that cool jar and, and the lovely foods on her counter with just such personality there. Can you see that all right? I know you, you can actually see the reflection of my office space in the back too. Look at that. It's kind of cluttered. <laughs> Side note. Um, so here's a close-up of the layered effect she's talking about in the jar. Let's see. I'll pull it back from the lights. So do you see that? It's this bubbly kind of cheesy layer at the top and then it, you can see where it changes and then it's just a Mm, solid white. Do you see that? Okay, and then this is the top. Looking into the jar, you can see the uh, bubbles and like it looks like cauliflower. Those are the grains. And then you've got kefir surrounding all the grains. All that thickened kind of bubbly, cheesy mixture at the top is around the grains. Everybody see that pretty well? Okay, so that's what we're, that's what we're talking about today. So I want to start out with Nanette's question by just covering some bases here. Um, if you're f not familiar with kefir, I think most people probably are. Let me know in the comments. Have you worked with kefir? You know what kefir is? Give me a thumbs up if you do. And thanks for the hearts that are flowing, everyone. Um, while you're chiming in here, kefir is a cultured food. The organ, the the, main, the mother culture is a grain. It's kind of like a cauliflower-ish, but really rubbery and spongy thing. We're getting a lot of thumbs up and yeps in the comments. Um, that's the mother culture. You plop it in milk, and the mother culture, which is this um, culture of bacteria and yeast together, they grow together in this like spongy, jelly, cauliflower-like thing. They feast on the lactose in milk and produce acids, and it thickens the milk and turns it into a um, a thickened milk culture that tastes, that's naturally carbonated from the gases that the organisms produce. Um, it's sour. It's more sour than yogurt. It's a lot like yogurt, except it tends to be thinner. It has a much more diverse uh, culture of probiotics in it because the mother culture itself is so much more diverse than the mother culture of yogurt. And it's kind of like a thin drinkable yogurt that tends to be more carbonated and more sour. That's what dairy kefir is. There is a water kefir that makes like a natural soda that's not dairy-based. We're talking about dairy kefir here. Now, what is kefir's normal behavior? Well, you plop those grains into milk and you put it at room temperature with lightly covered. I go into depth on this inside traditional cooking school. Um, and over the course of a day or two, it really depends on the temperature. In the summer, it might be 18 hours. In the winter, it might be two to three days the milk will thicken from the acids that the organisms are producing while they're eating the milk sugar, the lactose. And so it becomes this beautifully, uh, it's, just a, it's just magnificent. I love kefir. Um, it's sour and bubbly and refreshing. It's tart. I mean, you can put it in smoothies. People don't, like kids or people that are new to it may not care for it. So they're like, uh, you know, they, they do other things with it. But anyway, that's kefir. And its normal behavior is that um, it, it, when it's done, you, you either, my kefir always the grains float at the top, a lot like Nanette's that I just showed you. But some people, the grains are throughout. So you need to filter it. If they're at the top, you can just scoop with a spoon. You could see those little bubbles I showed you in this picture. You could see them right at the top. And you just scoop them out with your spoon. 
Um, but if they're throughout the milk mixture, then you're using a fine sieve and you're just gently, you know, shaking your sieve, pouring the kefir through and the grains are going to catch behind and you're going to put them in a new batch of milk and the kefir that fell through the strainer is your finished kefir that you refrigerate and drink. So that's kefir's normal behavior. Room temperature is a factor. The kind of milk is a factor. How many grains you have is a factor. So there's a, there's this continuum of, um, you know, what's healthy and what's not healthy. And as I discussed Nanette's question here, I think a lot of that's going to come out. So addressing Nanette's question, you know, this kind of cheesy bubbly layer at the top, I have seen this a million times. Um, it's good. And um, I'm not sure what the milk underneath is like, that bottom layer. Did, like, did it thicken, Nanette, or was it kind of liquidy? So that's kind of kind of determine what you do from this point on. Um, but anyway, I have seen this a million times. This, um, this kind of cheesy, bubbly layer at the top, it just the, the grains were just feasting on that milk and producing all kinds of gases. They may not have had as them kind of lock themselves in there and may not have had as much access to the milk on the bottom. So it might be thin. If it's thin, you'd want to just give it a gentle stir so the milk and the culture, this milk at the bottom and the culture can have some um, interaction and it can thicken as well. But if this milk is thickened, the kefir is done. You scoop out your grains and you could whisk the remaining kefir to make it smooth, but it is done and you can eat. I mean, you can eat it. There's nothing wrong with it. Your grains are um, fine. Now, this might have happened. It sounds to me like it wasn't happening. Then you put your grains in the fridge, and then this started happening again. Well, anytime the grains change, like the room temper changes, their milk source changes, their habits change, they can be a little bit temperamental, and so they're going to behave a little different till they settle down to a new normal. So maybe in the fridge, they just like ran out of food and then they were in, I'm, I'm just speculating, I'm giving them personalities, but you know, sometimes we have to do that. So you put them in the milk source and they were so happy to be warm again that they just went crazy and they really fermented that top layer of milk really fast. And I mean, that could have been what happened. But in any case, it looks just fine to me. Um, what would be bad? And I'm so glad you showed this top layer like what it looked like at the top, because that looks very healthy. Um, at the top of your kefir, you might have a little bit of non-fuzzy white film. It looks like it might have a bit of that. And that is an, an overgrowth of yeast, not a harmful yeast, just an overgrowth of yeast right at the top of the kefir where it's um, exposed to the air, the oxygen. And this, that's normal, nothing wrong with that. What you'd want to watch for is if you had fuzzy, thick mold that was green, gray, or pink, that stuff's not good. That would mean your kefir didn't turn out bad. It could be moldy, um, mildewy, you know. So gray, green, pink, thick, fuzzy is not good. I would eat this, Nanette. And I realize you sent your question in before. You might be in a different place now, but I would eat this. If it wasn't thickened on the bottom, I would give it a gentle stir and let the grains have interaction with the milk on the bottom and give it another half to one day to thicken up all the milk. But if the milk was thick on the bottom, I would just scoop the grains out, start a new batch. I'll cover that question in just a moment, Alice, um, and start a new batch. In any case, when it's done, you refrigerate, the grains can go um, you know, into a new batch. Now, if it was moldy, which was Alice's question, Moms with Alice, if it was moldy, would you keep the grains? I still would. I would rinse them very well. Ordinarily, you don't have to rinse kefir grains. You just take them out and put them in a new batch. 
but if it had gone moldy, I would rinse very, very well with cool water. I wouldn't smoosh the grains, just rinse them and get them clean. And then I would put them in new milk and I might just do um, smaller batches for a while. So I don't waste a lot of milk, but I would do several batches if it took several batches to kind of like get the grains healthy again. Um, so your final question, are your grains okay? Are they moldy? Absolutely, I think your grains are fine and I think your kefir is fine. It just needs to be maybe rebalanced to a new normal after taking a break. And your grains just keep putting them in subsequent batches so they get back to doing the kefir they used to do before they take a break. Now this might bring a question up for everybody like uh, it's, could be so painful to take breaks. It really isn't. Um, I have taken breaks from kefir so often and um, this really, this kind of thing happens not because you took a break necessarily, but the temperature change or too many grains for the milk or you fermented too long. It could be so many things, not necessarily a break and it's normal behavior. Alice is saying my grains get a gooey coating. Is this okay? Yes. Um, it is. You will have a gooey coating on your grains. And like I said, you don't need to rinse. So like in yogurt, there can be an issue where you end up with stringy yogurt. I don't know if you're talking about that. And that is an imbalance in the culture if you get stringiness. But if it's just, you know, thickened milk around your grains, totally normal. And the, the other issue, if you got stringiness, I would just rinse your grains and just be very fastidious about regular batches and not let them go too long without food and things like that. So they're just really stable and fed really well and a good temperature uh, to get them back. What kind of grains do you use? Um, well, there's not really any kinds. It's just dairy kefir grains. And you could look on Craigslist, you could look at your local Weston A. Price chapter, call your leader, you might have people you know that are making kefir. Grains are prolific, they grow, people share. Uh, you can get dehydrated kefir grains uh, from culturesforhealth.com. That's a little bit harder to do because you have to rehydrate them and they could take months actually to fully plump up, uh, but they still do make kefir during that time. Can you leave them long term? Asks Ruth, I believe. Um, in the fridge, just one week at a time, you have to change the milk source. If you need to leave them longer, you'd want to dehydrate them or put them in some kefir wet and freeze them. You just want to basically stop the activity. And I would do several, several batches in case one doesn't revive. And good point. There are Facebook groups that will share grains too. Yes. I mean, you can get grains. I think people purchase grains on Amazon and eBay. Just do your research, read reviews if it's somebody you don't know. Um, because you want to, you know, make sure that they're really giving you quality grains and they, you know, ship well and everything like that. How much milk, someone's asking in the fridge, just enough to cover. You just, you know, if you have a couple tablespoons of grains in the bottom of a small jar, just, you know, cover them at least, but maybe double, you know, like a cup of milk. There's no, there's no real rule about it, just um, to cover to double. Cultured Food for Life sells live grains. Okay, that's a great point, Alice, thank you. Uh, then do you drain when reviving? So if you brought them out of the fridge after being stored, you don't keep that milk. That milk would go to the compost or the chickens or something. It's not usually great kefir. It's just, um, it's just been keeping them alive in storage. 
Okay, so great. You guys, I was about to say I'll take questions, but you have just done that. <laughs> so I've taken so many questions, and I think we need to wrap up now. So I'm just going to do a couple uh, housekeeping notes at the end, which is thank you so much for coming. If you've been here live, it's been really fun, and the hearts have been flowing, and I've been blessed by visiting with you. If you're checking out the replay later, welcome to you as well. I'm so glad you're here. And all the replays for all the episodes of Ask Wardy are at askwardy.tv. This one will be up soon within 24 hours. Just look for episode 015 for 15 uh, to get your questions in the queue and be sure to send pictures like Lynette has done. You can tweet me using the hashtag AskWardy and tweet it to at Tried Cook School or you can email me wardy at askwardy.tv. Um, don't come back next week because there will be no Ask Wardy next week. I'm sorry about that. That would be February, I think I'm February 10th. There will not be one because I'll be out of town, so I just won't be able to host one, but I'll be back the following week, okay? And um, if you do want to join me tomorrow, though, I'll be back on Periscope tomorrow recording Know Your Food with Wardy. And okay, see you all in two weeks for Ask Wardy or tomorrow for Know Your Food with Wardy. Okay, love you all and God bless you. Bye bye. Thanks so much for joining me today. Here's what to do next. Ask Wardy wouldn't be possible without your questions, so please keep them coming. If you're on Twitter, tweet me at Trad Cook School with your question and use the hashtag Ask Wardy or send an email to wardy at askwardy.tv. To get the show notes, links mentioned, video replay, or even to catch up on past episodes of Ask Wardy, go to askwardy.tv. To join the fun of the live video recording, be sure to follow me with the handle at TradCookSchool on the Periscope app, or go to periscope.tv slash TradCookSchool. We record live on Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, that's 1 p.m. Eastern. And finally, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, the Podcasts app, or Stitcher. If you're on a mobile device, just search for Ask Wardy while you're in the app. If you're on a desktop or laptop, go to tradcookschool.com slash awitunes right in your browser. And while you're there, please leave a rating or review. I love to read your comments and your feedback makes it much more likely that others who are interested in traditional cooking will find Ask Wardy too. Thanks so much. God bless you, and I'll see you next week.